Welcome to the Be Tween Podcast. This is where we encourage tweens to be bold, be honest, and be the best they can be. I'm Rylan. And I'm Rylan's Nana, Jill. And we are the hosts. And we're so glad you're here. Hey friends, we're back talking with Lisa DeWeer today about differences. Welcome back to the Between Podcast, Lisa. Thanks for having me again. You guys are great. I love chatting with you. Of course. Well, in the last episode, you shared with us how you were born with different arms than most people have. So for folks who didn't catch that particular episode, can you kind of share about your arms and how that makes you different? Yeah, absolutely. So my arms look smaller (laughs) if you were to see me in person. My left arm is permanently bent at a left angle. So it kind of goes across my stomach a little bit, if you can imagine that. 90 degree angle, back to math days. And then my right arm is pretty straight, but then on both hands, my wrists kind of curve under a little bit. And so it does impact my function. I just have very smaller muscles. um, And so some strength isn't necessarily there. The tech Technical word is arthrogryposis, but I didn't even learn that till a couple of years ago. So honestly, I jokingly just call it Lisa Arms. So <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Arms, there you go. I do. <laughs> One of the things kids like me need to know is how to talk with someone who is different. So first, how do you prefer to call it a difference or a, dif- a disability? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I'm still, I don't want to say wrestling with because I really don't mind either term, but ever since I kind of got into this community, I have a lot of friends who have one arm or one hand or have some sort of physical difference or disability. And I never loved the word disability growing up. I studied stigma in grad school. And so there's a lot of stigma or a certain thing that comes into your mind when you hear the word disability that in the past people could perceive as negative. And so I think when people don't love the term disability, it's just because of that, that sometimes the word disability is used in negative settings. And so a couple of my friends taught me the term physical difference. And I love that. I really love how it's being, I'm hearing it more. So it's becoming more popular. But I would also say, if you don't know what to call it, and this is going to be a very common theme throughout all of this, but everyone is so different. (laughs) So everything that I'm even going to talk about in this episode is me personally. And so like, I feel like I love to talk about it and I'm open about it. But if your friend is in a wheelchair wheelchair, or your friend has a prosthetic leg or something like that, they might not want to talk about it. And so it's really hard to say this is going to be the situation of all people, but a really safe way. And what I've told a couple of people is if you don't know what to call it, if you're like, do I call it a disability? Do I call it a difference? I would just call it what it is. And so what I mean by that is for people, for me, if they say, Hey, could you tell me a little bit about your arms? Instead of saying, could you tell me about your disability? I like it better when people say, can you tell me about your arms? Or like I said, if you have a friend who has a prosthetic leg, you could say, Hey, could you tell me about your leg? Like actually just call it what it is because then you don't have to worry about what to call it because you don't know what they would prefer or not. But I would say typically that is the best way to do it in my experience. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's helpful. Mm-hmm. It is helpful. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what a prosthetic leg is? No. Yeah. That's what I was thinking for our tweens that don't know yeah. what that word is. Lisa, you want to explain what a prosthetic leg would be or a prosthetic arm or a prosthetic hand might be? Yeah. So prosthetic means, I guess, artificial. I don't know what mm-hmm. that means. So if you were to imagine, I have a lot of friends who have one arm. And so my good friend, um, she her right arm ends at the elbow. So she doesn't have her, the rest of her arm in her hand. And so a prosthetic arm would be this, I'm not sure if it's plastic, but it's, it's a, uh, oh. it's a thing that you would put on so that it looks like a hand. And so sometimes, you know, it'll look, it won't look like skin. You won't look at it and be like, Oh, that's a, that's a, normal hand, you know that it's different and it might look like metal or plastic, but they use it for function. And so they might be able to drive with it or ride a bike with it or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. We went to the dollar store and I think I saw someone with a leg. Oh, someone with a leg. Yes. So they didn't have their own leg, but they're able to have a prosthetic that allows them to walk. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. One that everybody probably knows is in Peter Pan. Captain Hook Hook. (laughs) (laughs) has a prosthetic, right? And the reason they used to do hooks. Now, of course, they've learned how to make hands that do much more, but a hook could grab something. They literally used to be able to do that. So Yeah. yeah. So great. I'm so glad that we were able to, to talk through that because yeah, that's a big word that you may not have been introduced to yet. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Is there anything else we need to know if we need to talk to someone about their disability or difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, kind of, I guess two things that I would say, going back to what I said, that everyone has a very different journey with their appearance and the way that they look. And so for me, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have loved if my friend were to bring it up for the first time. I kind of liked having that ownership and me bringing it up for the first time. Um, Mm -hmm. It just kind of said that maybe I was more comfortable with it. But then again, now I love it when people bring it up for the first time. And so, you know, it's really hard. Again, this is just my own journey with it. Um, but everyone is going to be so different. Um, and then the other thing that I would say, I'm losing my train of thought. Can you ask the question one more time? Cause I had something else that I was going to add. To yeah. That. Is there something else that we need to know about talking with someone who has a difference? Yes. Okay. This is what I was going to say. So I actually did when I was in grad school, I wrote all my papers about this. I did all of my research on it, but the very first conversation that two people have about a physical difference. And so in my case, it was dating that I researched because I think that's just fun to talk about, but it could apply to friendships. It could apply to strangers. It could apply to anything. And I think it's just important to know that the very first time that the difference or the disability is brought up between two people is a really big deal. And I think that that was something that I learned while in school and just my own experiences. I can tell you almost everyone in my life, I can tell you the very first time that we talked about my arms. 
Absolutely. Like I remember the exact, I could give you stories for each person of the very first time that it was brought up. And what I learned um, throughout talking with other people who look like me is that that's very true of a lot of people. So just recognizing that that's going to be a big deal (laughs) to talk about it for the first time. But I think it's important to talk about it. Um, But I think it's also really important to recognize, don't bring it up unless it has to be. Don't make it a thing unless it has to be a thing. Um, But if they do bring it up, then be ready to have that conversation and talk about it. Because usually that means that it's on their mind enough and they feel safe with you and they trust you enough to bring that up. So I'd say just just be ready for that conversation and be okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Good. If we want to be more comfortable being around someone with disabilities, what do you think is the next step we could take? Yeah, such a good question. I would say number one, you are doing it by talking and listening. If anyone is listening to this, you are already making steps in the right direction. I think finding people who are comfortable talking with it, like myself, or if you have interaction with anyone else, find people in your life who are comfortable talking about it so that you can feel more equipped and more comfortable when you're around people who don't want to talk about it. I would also say media and the things that you watch and you listen to are really important. So thinking, you know, are there TV shows that you're watching where someone is in a wheelchair and how is that character portrayed? Is that character portrayed as less than and not able to do things and ask yourself like, man, when I see someone in a wheelchair, like, am I thinking those things? Because that's how it was in the show, right? Or just watching movies or or children's books. There's so many little kids books that really help explain differences and disabilities in a way that just helps you reframe it. I took a class called narrative, which just means let's talk about stories and the stories that we've been telling ourselves our whole life. Um, And I think it's important to recognize Does it make you nervous to be around someone with a physical difference or disability? Mm. And if it does, like, just think back and think, why am I feeling nervous? Is it because I watched this TV show where there was a really awkward interaction? Or am I nervous because I just don't want to say the wrong thing? Like, really identifying what makes you uncomfortable about it, I think, is a really, really great first step. Oh, that's that's wise. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes... We don't realize the things that we listen to, the things that we watch, even the books that we read, they do influence us. And if they, if, if, if we've not even been around someone that is disabled in some way, mm-hmm. we just naturally aren't going to be comfortable because we're not exposed to it nearly as yes. much. So what you're talking about is challenge yourself to be exposed to it a little bit more. Yes. Yes. And I will say to add on to that, it's okay. Like when my friends are around me, I'm, so my, one of my best friends is Sam. Jolly, I mean, you know, Sam. I very know well. Sam. Yeah. Um, love her. Something that she has recently been telling me, which I love, is that she is around me enough now that she is starting to realize when we are in public settings, she's starting to realize when people stare or when, you know, I'm paying with my debit card or my credit card and people kind of give me a weird look because it just catches them off guard. And so that's been interesting just as a friend who's friends with someone who looks different, recognizing that and being okay, bringing it up. I still remember Sam 
saying, she said, I don't really know how to bring this up. And I think that that's really important. It's okay to not know how to bring it up. And it's okay if you feel uncomfortable and it's okay if you mess up when you talk about it. But I think starting the conversation with that sentence of, I don't know how to bring this up. Can you teach me how to talk about this better? But I'm starting to notice that people are staring at you when we're, you know, eating at a restaurant. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, do you notice that? Um, And that meant the world to me that she brought that up to me because that is something that I deal with every day. And it was so cool to see that she was now seeing that from a friend's perspective. Mm, Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of friends, how can, you know, I'm thinking particularly our listeners are tweens. So they are nine, 10, 11, 12, maybe 13. And how can they be a good friend to someone who has a disability? Like how, when do you know to help? When do you Mm -hmm. not help? You know, just how, how do you navigate that? And so what, what are some, what's some wise things other than communication about it that somebody can be a good friend to someone? Yeah. It's so fun because now I'm talking to my friends more about it. And so I'm, I'm thinking about what my friends have told me. Right. And something I actually just went to Sam's class. She's a high school teacher and talked about this exact same thing. And she kind of talked a little bit about what it's like to be friends with someone with a disability. And she, something that she says over and over, which I think is really true is that the more that you're around me, the more you will just pick up on it. So I think that there doesn't have to be this pressure of, oh, do I help? Do I not? Because if you're friends with that person, you'll kind of pick up on what to help with and what not to help with. So I would say maybe just being around them more. And even like, I will say something that does probably the one thing that really irritates me is like when I put on my coat, it looks like I'm really struggling. It looks like I'm not going to be able to do it. It just looks different. And so a lot of people's reactions, which is so nice. And I know that it's very well intended, but their reactions are to run up to me and be like, Oh, let me help you. Let me help you. And then they'll grab my coat and try and help me put it on. And that's just not helpful at all. Because if you would have given me an extra five seconds, I would have been able to put it on myself, but now you just kind of made it worse by like pulling it up more. And I have to get weird angles to put on my coat and whatever. And so so would you rather have been asked, would you like for me to help you with your coat? I think asking before doing it is going to be really important. And even if it's not, even if it's a statement like, Hey, tell me how I can help in any way. Even if it's not, Hey, can I help you put your coat on? You know, if, if, if you do have that close friendship, just say like, Hey, tell me if I can help you with anything or, Hey, do you want me to hold your coffee cup for you while you do that? Because for me, it's really hard to multitask physically. Like I can't really text and walk. If I'm holding a cup, I use both my hands to hold a cup. And so I can't really multitask. I can't really open a door if I'm holding a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things like that of saying like, Hey, let me get that for you. And just kind of doing it or asking is, is, I have really appreciated in the past, but you know, there has been circumstances where I was actually just out to dinner, um, COVID friendly, I promise just out to (laughs) dinner. And I ordered this Nutella dessert and it was like the most amazing thing ever. 
And I was trying to cut it. And cutting is kind of hard for me um, because it's hard to hold the fork and the knife to cut. And so I was just trying to use my fork to cut it. And I was like, right, like really trying to. And my friend, we, he and I have been friends for a very long time. And so he was used to me. He had been around me a lot. And so he just reached over and grabbed it and cut it for me without even any conversation. But I tried first. And I think that that's maybe the difference is that if you see someone struggling, if you're at the grocery store and you see someone struggling to reach the top shelf or if they're in you know, something where they can't reach, going up to them and just saying, hey, can I help you with anything? Like that just means the world. Mm-hmm. But I think where it, where it gets under my skin a little bit is if I haven't even tried first and then someone just assumes that I can't do it you know, that's kind of where those limiting beliefs comes in and and you're kind of putting limiting beliefs on someone else, I guess is a way to say it. So I'd say like, let us try first, but then just let us know that you're there for us. um, And just say like, let me know how I can help. And then that opens the door for us to say, yeah, I actually do need your help. Like, can you help me with this? (laughs) So that's what I would say about that. I love that. So Lisa, were you ever bullied because of your difference? Yeah, I fortunately was not. And I don't say that to undermine other people's experiences because I know that bullying is so real. I also think I kind of have the personality where a lot of things kind of go over my head. And I kind of jokingly say that the Lord and God gave me that gift of some things to just kind of go over my head and me not to internalize it. And so I, I really have been fortunate that I really haven't dealt with that. Now, I will say within the first few seconds of meeting someone new, like literally in the first few seconds, I can tell whether my arms are going to be a problem or not. And it would happen more than you think. And maybe not even a problem, but something that is going to distract them. And so if I'm in the mood to have a conversation about it, then I will. And if I'm not... I'm just choosing not to surround myself with those people. And so I think looking back kind of when I was in the tween age, I think I was just intentional about not surrounding myself with those people who made me feel uncomfortable. And when I got an uncomfortable feeling or, you know, no one was ever rude to my face, but I did hear stories where, you know, a situation where I got brought up when I wasn't there and they would kind of laugh at it or they would be talking about it. And, you know, that doesn't feel good. That never feels good. And in those situations, again, going back to what I'm saying about that really good friend group, I could say like, Hey, I heard this and it like really hurt. But then I had that close group of friends who could say like, then you know what? Don't surround yourself with them. Like, just don't feel like you have to push yourself into that friend group Then let them be them. And that's unfortunate for them, but like, just keep moving forward. So I would say with that, like, just choose who you're surrounding yourself with. And if someone is saying not kind things to you for any reason, that just makes you feel uncomfortable. I don't care if they're the coolest kid on the planet. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, I would say one of two things. Number one, talk to them about it if you have that courage, but sometimes we don't and that's okay. You don't have to have the courage to talk about things that you don't want to every single day, right? So Mm -hmm. I'd say number one, talk to them about it. Or if you don't want to, and if you're not comfortable with that, 
then just don't surround yourself with them, right? Kind of have the courage in that sense just to take a step back. And that's okay too. And that's wise for all of us, whether we have differences or not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it really is. That's wisdom because some people bring us life and some people don't. And so we want to surround ourselves with people that bring us life. Yes. So Lisa, are there any resources you recommend or any projects you're working on that you want us to know about? Yeah, I love that question. So I would say number one, the Lucky Finn project is amazing. It was developed by a woman who had a son who has a physical difference and they have a very large social media presence. And so I would say if you want to just be more exposed and see amazing people who are doing awesome things, follow the Lucky Finn project. Um, I would also say me personally, I am working on a lot of things. I am developing kind of in the midst of developing a nonprofit with a couple of my friends and we're going to do a podcast as well. And we're just very, just wanting to make it more normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see people who look different. And I think that that's so encouraging, even if we're talking about a disability or not, like you know, I think it's just so important that we don't all have to look the same and we don't all have to act the same. And the statement of celebrating differences is so easier said than done. So easier said than done. And so we're really hoping to just get the word out there to just make it more normal. So I would say the Lucky Finn Project, I would say stuff that I am working on, follow me on social media and I'm happy. I mean, I share about this stuff all the time trying to think there there's a lot of kids books out there that are so helpful. Like I mentioned, none are coming to mind right now, but if you just do a quick Google search, children's books, disabilities, there's going to be so many out there that I think it's just so important um, to be exposed to. Yeah. I've read those before. Like there's this app that there's like kids books and there's so many that you could choose from. And I went and yeah, they're really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we can um, include a link to some of those in the show notes. And graphic novels. So that's probably why I like them. And they were about people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we'll definitely take a look at those. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. This has been so helpful. I think it will help me to be a better friend to those who are different than Mm -hmm. me. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Mm hmm. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that people want to talk about this stuff. So (laughs) it's encouraging (laughs) to me too. Let's be accepting of people's differences. Between listeners, God made us all differently and that's okay. (laughs) I agree. Thanks for joining us on the Between Podcast. Want to know when a new episode drops? Make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. Until next time, be bold, be honest, and be the best you can be.